This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hello again, everybody, and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got another big week of stuff ahead of us. In fact, we have some cool video coming this week, but there's a bunch of other stuff going on as well. Yeah, welcome back. We really appreciate it. We're diving into the new year here. We've got a great topic Tuesday from mm-hmm. Daniel J. asking about Tesla. It's about, I think, more, more a question about the EV industry rather than just in particular Tesla, but he does have some good salient points here. And yeah, there's we've also good got stuff a debate. There. David E. is in Nebraska asking about a huge full family automotive makeover. So. They, they have multiple cars. He's thinking about wiping the slate clean and starting over. But I should say, speaking of shoots and things that we're doing, I want to bring this up real quick. You've probably seen we're putting out some shorts, but we're, most of our shorts so far have been referential back to other pieces we've done in the past. We also are trying to do shorts if, if funny stuff comes up on set. And we have a piece that comes out this Thursday on our main channel that is our latest comparison. It's the Escalade V. The Cadillac Escalade V mm. showed up. When mm. it got on the calendar, we looked at it and went, we should put it with something. What does what it compare you, to? What do you put that with? <laughs> yeah. So we went and found another crazy engine. Why is this engine in this chassis? Body on frame. Classic thinking truck. It's with a G-Wagon. We have a G-Wagon 63 AMG. That's craziness. We had never driven one up to this point. Yeah. I'm glad it showed up with the Escalade V and we could put them together. It's a very cool piece. It's in the snow. That is coming this Thursday to our original YouTube channel, not the Test Drive channel, the original Everyday Driver channel, with some shorts that were shot on set to follow. So that's going to be very fun. It's going to be the first time we've done a release like that. But I'm also excited about the main piece because it's in the snow with drone footage while it's snowing, which just gets me very excited. Very cool. We yeah. only drive our 500-plus horsepower giant SUVs in the snow on non-winter tires. Yes. That's when we choose to do these mm-hmm. pieces. It's weird how <laughs> they show up. And they're never yeah. on the right tires, and it is blizzarding outside, but we drove them hard anyway. For Topic Tuesday, Daniel J. asks if Tesla is on the ropes. Mm. Now, keep in mind, we are recording this early 2023. He's yes. talking about the year of 2022 when Ford and GM lost nearly half their values, which is massive. But compared to what he says, Tesla's 70% drop is not as bad. Is it just market correction? Why should a 15-year-old company that doesn't make a million cars a year worth gazillions more than established entities like Toyota, Ford, or GM? That is the recurring question that we will circle back to right there, yes. Have most of the car companies surpassed Tesla in EV design, quality, and reliability? Mm. The Model S is entering its 11th year, and Daniel writes, it looks essentially the same. Model 3 is six years old. Models X and Y are younger, but their designs, frankly, aren't attractive. I think the X is actually older than the 3, but the point is the, actually, entire, yeah, is the entire model lineup is older for sure. Daniel says, Honda's Accord and Civic get redesigned about every four years. Same with the Camry and the Corolla. Ford and Chevy trucks seem to go, they last about five or six years. But nobody goes 10. No, Rarely does any car go 10. Nissan, Nissan did does. With, <laughs> Nissan did with both the Z car and they, they're doing it with yeah. the GTR, but they are the exception to the rule. Most car companies, eight years is a life cycle. Nissan had some other distracting Other things, things. were going on. People were gone when they weren't supposed oh, to be. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Daniel says, has Tesla relied on its EV dominance too long? And have they been passed and possibly left in the dust? When brands associated with economy like Kia and Hyundai blast Tesla in the face with well-designed and futuristic-looking products... Where does that leave Tesla? 
The Cybertruck has been an unfulfilled promise for a few years. And EV pickups are now in the market by Ford and Rivian. Don't forget Ram's brand new truck. True. That won't likely save Tesla, he writes. Can't imagine the company going kaput entirely. It would be a rise and fall story for the ages. It would certainly be you know, a story that MBAs would study for their marketing classes and their final dissertations. I guess, yeah. They would certainly write volumes about that. If it went away completely, it will be one of the, one of the biggest stories of that kind in history for sure, though I don't think that's going to happen. Daniel, to begin answering your question... Early on in the year, a writer at Seeking Alpha, I do follow Seeking Alpha a little bit, the news editor, Clark Schultz, wrote about the electric vehicle sector starting off the new year with fits and starts. But then over the week, you might have heard Tesla has cut prices in China on the Model Y and Model 3 for the second time in less than three months, Rivian Automotive issuing a delivery support that missed expectations. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, other Chinese automaker stocks have gone lower. And at this point, from what we can see, there's angry Tesla buyers mm -hmm. who are protesting the fact that they paid a higher price for their cars and then suddenly they got discounted because mm -hmm. Tesla cut the price in China as well. Clark writes, Morgan Stanley thinks 2023 could be a reset year for the EV market where the last two years of demand exceeding supply will be inverted to supply exceeding demand. Mm. And then a clean technical article written by Carolyn Fortuna on January 7th, 2023, says to reach the U.S. federal government's goal of a 50% zero emission vehicle sales by 2030. Hmm, that's soon, seven by years the way. Away, that's very soon, yeah. The U.S. needs 1.2 million public and 28 million private EV chargers, according to a McKinsey study, because EV charging seen as critical infrastructure needed to enable the automotive mm -hmm. transition to electrification. So there's many articles from financial viewpoints. I am no stock expert. This is not stock trading advice by any sense. But I always <laughs> I see charts and graphs and people looking at the what the stock is doing rather than understanding this is actually a company with people. I think mm, sometimes mm. stock analysts forget that there, there's people actually working on the products behind the scenes. And you cannot think for a moment, whatever is happening with Elon, the folks at Tesla aren't resting on their laurels because they have had a bit of an extended cycle that has given them an opportunity. I think we're going to be shocked <clears throat> we'll see. by what's next. They are so well positioned. Whenever a software vendor approaches them and says, we have this new way of doing things or product or visualization or some sort of way of doing this. The response from Tesla is generally like, that's a really good idea. I don't think we're going to buy it from you. We're just going to go do our own version of yeah, that. Yeah. They're really good at that. So to be able to do that for their own cars, I mean, they're, they're innovators and mm -hmm. absolutely they have disrupted the car industry. I think they've turned it on its head. I think the Volkswagen CEO was quaking in his boots when he said, we're nah, I'm not worried about Tesla. Oh, you're worried. <laughs> Which he said because he was worried about Tesla. Yeah, I exactly. hear you. yeah. You're worried. By changing interior design to a single panel screen has really given interior designers new thinking, whether you like mm. it or hate it, whether you follow that or not, mm -hmm. follow it forward or Hyundai not. They're innovating more than car companies ever have. I feel like Tesla has done the entire world and the automotive industry a great service by pushing on innovation. And mm, whether mm. you agree with it, whether you want it, whether you don't, they have 
pushed on the automotive sector so much. They've pivoted the whole industry for sure. Yeah. That I don't feel like they're resting on their laurels behind the scenes to think, well, we'll just cruise along on the sales and we got to start offering discounts. Car manufacturers have offered discounts and cash on the hood for decades. True. I understand that people are upset. Like, you know, suddenly the car you just bought last month got discounted. I don't know what to tell you. This is part of the game. That's part of what car companies do and the fact that they suddenly want to discount it. I mean, what about GM, you know, for years needed to discount mm-hmm. their products and they were offering rebates like sure, crazy. And sure. I don't know that people were lining up outside dealerships for you know, 200 <laughs> people deep saying, you know, I need an Equinox. I just, <laughs> I just bought this truck. Now you're offering it for less. Well, it's, I guess that's kind of where that goes. Mm. It's, you know, in line with the thinking. Did you buy the car? Then you didn't get a deal. Yeah, it'd be like people protesting the fact that they got a black, their buddy got a Black Friday deal and they bought it a month ago. I mean, that's the same kind of thing. Same thing. I, Apple comes out with a new product. Yeah. You're going to buy it at the wrong time. I guarantee you will pay. <laughs> Whenever you bought it, more, was not the right time. But at least you've got it and <laughs> you're integrating it into your life. But I believe Tesla is innovating and thinking about what's next for them, realizing they can't iterate as fast as these other car companies. Mm-hmm to be able to make a, a refresh to come out sooner. And they're, uh, they probably have the money, but I don't know if that's in line with who they are as a car company. Very interesting. I, I have a little more cynical view than you on a few of these, but I think there's, there's three variables for Tesla that get lumped into one thing, and I want to separate them real quick. There is the stock or the valuation. There are the cars that they sell. And there is the charging infrastructure. And I want to speak to each of the three individually because they just all get kind of swept up together. It's like, this is Tesla, kind of. Mm-hmm. The best thing, the smartest thing, and I feel like the only real genius thing that Elon Musk did when he launched Tesla was worldwide charging network. Mm-hmm. Because by doing that, he created gas stations for his vehicles that required, if you'll go with the analogy, a new kind of gas. He created the infrastructure so you didn't have to worry about, well, but if I buy that, where do I fill it? It was solved. Mm-hmm. It was instantly solved. And every other automaker that is now in the electric world is suffering. And we, when we do our test drives, we talk about this. We drove the, the, uh, the GV60 recently, electric Genesis, and we talked about this in there. Every one of these automakers is suffering under the reality of what do you as the consumer have access to charging-wise? And all of the press material are always, here's how fast it can charge in ideal conditions. But here we are in Park City, which is a financially well-off area, but it is more rural. We're not in downtown L.A. Right. The charging infrastructure here is not good. Now, the market is here for it, but the charging infrastructure isn't good. We can't find the big, heavy-duty, fat-pipe chargers that do the 18-minute charge. We're talking about 10, 11, 12 hours on public chargers, which is the same as you would get if you had it in your house. So infrastructure was perfectly executed by Tesla. And if you have a Tesla EV, you are in a better situation to road trip, to randomly fill your car than any other electric car being sold. And they are still way out front there. If I may jump in please, just briefly, please. the reason I brought that up, because I, you're absolutely right, charging and the infrastructure is a big part of it. So I brought up this mm-hmm. Carolyn Fortuna article. Totally. With a stake in the ground. It's important to have milestones. So 2030 was chosen by politicians everywhere. That might change, <laughs> as you it, have so adroitly said. Because it said. looked really good to get them elected. I'm sorry, <laughs> exactly. but yes. So remember the article, her her 
article mm-hmm. says the U.S. needs 1.2 million public and 28 million private EV chargers for that milestone. Okay? Yep. As of January 5th, 2023, Mercedes-Benz is poised, according to Reuters, to invest billions of euros to build 10,000 fast charging points in North America, Europe, and China by... That magic milestone to 10,000 compared to 1.2 million for just the U.S. Yeah. Okay. They are commencing construction soon, targeting 2,500 charging points at 400 locations across most U.S. states and Canada by the end of the decade. But that just doesn't seem like enough. But mm-hmm. to your point, Mercedes has kind of gone, ah, what has Tesla done? It almost doesn't matter that they sell cars. The fact that they just came up with this charging infrastructure mm-hmm. first, I mean, almost first, but it yeah, was concurrent. Absolutely. They're waking up and going, this is why I say Mercedes has been kicked in the rear by Tesla to realize this. They're late to the game. They're not going to do it poorly. Yeah, well, all of these car companies didn't want to be in the infrastructure business. None of the car companies owned gas stations. So the thinking mm-hmm. of we should create the stuff for the car to burn, if you will, none of them thought that way. The Teslas would not have sold without the infrastructure already built to support them. So that was why that was done. And that was genius. Now I'm going to touch on the stock briefly. I say this as a person that is not stock savvy, but I will say the following. Tesla has never, as a stock now, not cars, not infrastructure, never been connected to reality. Ever. Agreed. Their stock price has always been connected to speculation on how Tesla is supposedly going to change the world. It's all sentiment. The other thing that's funny about this, though, because I've had conversations, sometimes heated conversations with people as a result of this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> people that really want to defend the Tesla stock price tend to have a lot of investment in Tesla stock. <laughs> Because yeah. if I hype up the brand, if I believe what Elon says, if I believe what he claims, if I, if I push the hype, my investment goes up. That's a lot of what There's the stock market is about. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And yeah. so the, the reality is slowly dawning, I feel like, between what Tesla can actually execute and the promise of what everybody believed they would be. Mm. And I don't think mm. that they're going to tank and the company's not going to exist, but there should be, frankly, just logically, I realize I'm in a world of logic, and I'm talking about the stock market, but logically, <laughs> yes, there should what are you be doing? a massive correction on what Tesla is worth as a car company because it is speculators with a massive amount of money invested that they need to keep the stock high to protect themselves. But that just tells me that reality is dawning, but that means they're more established because they're now more in line as an established company. But I still think they're massively overvalued. 70% value down is Certainly. still massively overvalued Certainly. compared to what GM or Ford. Ford's been building cars and yes. they know what they're doing. And yes. They're in a transition that Tesla never had to make. True. And, and so the sentiments about both companies are very different. GM and Ford are old. They're old. They're not, they're not innovating. They're not doing anything good. Meanwhile, now to the cars. Yes. The yes. Tesla cars. GM, Ford, Hyundai, Genesis, the random electric startup on the left, third down from the, from the last office. I mean, there, there's, there's a million electric car companies. They, Tesla is being caught or surpassed across the board mm-hmm. in build quality, in volume of what can be built. Now, again, the infrastructure is behind, but I'm talking about car quality now. Mm-hmm. Tesla had a revolutionary product. I cannot oversell that in the Model S. Mm-hmm. It was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Everything they've done since has been a variation on that revolution. They haven't really done anything like, oh, Tesla does it again. No, 
Tesla just built another car on the infrastructure that they already had. <laughs> and now they're just discounting them. Meanwhile, the lead engineer, and I forget his name, the lead engineer that was the pioneer of a lot of the stuff that made the Model S work, went off and started Lucid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lucid, you've probably seen a lot of people talking about how really well thought out Lucid is. Well, Lucid is the car that is the building on all the concepts of the Model S and doing it even better is now the Lucid. Mm-hmm. That guy went over there. Mm-hmm. So Interesting, yeah. I, I think that Tesla is struggling. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I know they have a lot of intelligent people that work there, but I think they are struggling with Chapter 2 in a big, big way because they've got big promises with the Roadster. They've got big promises with the Cybertruck. They've got big promises with the, with the Semi, all of which are either coming out or threatening to come out or maybe. But meanwhile, their cars are now old, aren't being built any better than they were being built before. It's not maybe, like the, the, maybe slightly, possibly, but it, but but, oh, but, you, gone up but you still hear people getting, and I'm talking people with like a Tesla channel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get their brand new Tesla and they do a video about all the stuff that has to be fixed the day <laughs> yeah. it got delivered. That's still happening right now. Yeah, and the for Model sure. S has been built for a decade. So you'd think that stuff would be behind them, but it's not. People are having trouble getting them serviced. So Tesla is feeling the growing pains of not being a GM or a Ford or whatever while those companies are catching up, and they need a new Tesla does it again product, and they keep building on what was a revolution and is now a decade gone. I think because of that, people are rooting for them for version two. We'll see. And I think people are going to give them a hall pass. If they don't, they they have for a long time. Well, that's okay. It, it was kind of a miss, and now every other car company is beating you. So let's just ho- hopefully they'll come out with something next and new. But I think that's going on behind the scenes. Let's take the company name off. I'm sure. talking about the group of engineers and designers and very smart people working at this company all together. Clearly, they exist. To build something yes. new. Yes. Whether it's Tesla, whether it's some other company. Agreed. I look at that group of people, of, of course. They're kind of wondering, and they probably have been for years. What are we going to do next? What's our mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sophomore album? <laughs> yeah. You, the sophomore album is hard, by the way. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah, yeah. So what are we going to do? And I think there's stuff that is in development. I am prognosticating. I realize that. But I think they will be continuing to be taken seriously. Oh, I agree. I don't think they're going company. away. I don't think they're going away. And I don't either. But I'm no fan of Tesla. The, the cars, the charging infrastructure is second to none. Absolutely. The range, nobody can touch. True. Many people like their Teslas. I just don't really like how they drive. They're, We've driven all of them they a lot. don't interest me personally. And there's other EVs that do. Let's check out our GV60 review on our Test Drive channel. Both Todd and I came away very impressed and going, this is amazing. Man, the range is really not great. And the cost is high and the infrastructure is poor. Yeah. Yeah. So, Daniel, what if all these other car companies influencing that have influence on Tesla going the other way. That will only make Tesla a better company, hopefully. Well, yeah, we'd hope so, yeah. And I'm again, I'm talking about the group of people trying to make a, a good product, a better product, continually mm-hmm. trying to improve that because they started it a place that no other car company on the planet, with the exception of their competitors, like Lucid, had sure. to start. They could start it doing whatever, and they did. Well, but they were the they were the pioneer, too. But now every other car company who knows how to build cars and has that legacy of producing Mm -hmm. cars and Mm -hmm. trucks is sort of going, yeah, okay, we're figuring out our interfaces now. We're figuring out the style of where we're going. We're figuring out our own battery partnerships. You're seeing that in the news constantly Mm -hmm. from Stellantis entering partnerships and GM building their own Ultium batteries. And you're seeing everybody shacking up. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what Tesla has pushed on. So I hope the next generation is something that I'm interested in. I hope it's fantastic. I hope there is something coming that keeps them in the, wow, I cannot believe what Tesla just did. And look, I want to, I want to say two things at the same time here. One is Tesla, a startup car company of a little over a decade ago, Mm -hmm. made a million cars last year. That is bordering on the miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, Ford made that many F-150s and didn't even breathe hard. So there, there isn't, there isn't a logical reason for Tesla to be worth multiple volumes more than a Ford, but I'm glad Tesla exists. To your point, it's amazing how they pivoted the industry. I'm fascinated to see what the sophomore album is. When you remember a car that you're interested in, or you hear us debate a particular vehicle right here in the podcast, you need a way to search for it. Our friends at autotempest.com focus their efforts where it's most important, helping you find great cars, local, nationwide, big listings, or little ones. Or maybe you're the person all your friends talk to when they're car shopping. The folks at Auto Tempest rely on word of mouth too, and you'll give your friends the tool they need when you tell them about Auto Tempest. Autotempest.com slash everyday links you to nationwide listings from Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, so it enables you to search beyond the limited distances those sites generally support. So, when you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the next family car, or just browsing to feed the disease, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know that we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. David E. is in Nebraska asking for a full family automotive makeover. It's rare that you're shopping for your whole family, David. Yeah, true. Not but many we're, emails. We're here and welcome, welcome to help that. you. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, appreciate you writing. Many people are shopping for their spouses or their moms or dads or yeah. significant others. You're shopping for the entire family except for you and your BRZ. But that's still on the table. That's what I love. It He's is. like, I'm okay. But then he also later on is like, do I need to throw out the BRZ and start again too? It's, it, everything's on the table. There's a, a bit of sacrificial dad wants everybody to be happy kind of tone sure. in the email. Because yep. if you're willing to sell your 2022 BRZ and downgrade for the ability to up the cost, up the, uh, yeah, the spend to help everybody else. Yeah, for sure. For everybody else. That's pretty amazing. So he's got twin adult daughters. They share a 2008 Rabbit, which is an automatic, but it's red. Okay, good. Okay. Hey, color helps, yes. You took one point off for automatic and you added it. <laughs> added it on by having a color, <laughs> yes. They also have a 2011 CRV. The good news is that without knowing it, the Rabbit has spoiled his daughters by being fun to drive. So they aren't, they aren't car girls. They're not into right, cars, right. but they've accidentally discovered that cars can be good to drive because the Rabbit by itself has been fun to drive. <laughs> I love that. The CRV comes out, he says, when the Nebraska weather gets ugly. Okay. They work relatively close to one another, and they carpool, but as life goes on, they'll need their own vehicles. Mm-hmm. And they've owned both those cars since new. Okay. All right. Wow. His wife has and mostly likes. I uh, thought that was an interesting <laughs> side note. My wife has and mostly likes. Yeah, okay. Moving she on. She almost likes her 2017 Volkswagen Alltrack. Okay. And then, of course, he stows his 2022 BRZ in the garage, except when the weather's warm and he autocrosses. So he's got three cars that could go and three drivers who could theoretically get a replacement. Mm-hmm. That's without him selling the BRZ. But then he also mentions, and I'm going to jump forward when we we'll come back, but he also mentions, I could sell the BRZ. Again, it's a 2022. He probably has had it less than a year. Yeah. He could sell that and cash it in for an MR2 Spider and NC Miata and just pay cash for his car that is his fun car wow. and put more money in the equation. But he's got a couple of equations here. The first one is the one that's already been hinted at, and that is the sell three, buy three. So get rid of the rabbit, get rid of the CRV for his twin girls, get mm-hmm. them both something for each of them, and then get his wife something 
or throw the BRZ out, get him something cheaper, which are ones you've identified, the MR2 Spider, the NC Miata, I see it. You'd get them for 10 to 15 for the nicest one on the planet and have the rest of that money to play with. And then he ups everybody's budget. Just the fact that you're thinking about that and you yes. want your fa- the best for your family, I love that. That's fantastic. But also you're screwed because I'm going to try to spend even more money. Of course you are. No, I'm not. I don't have to try. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> well, that's because you mentioned somewhere in the $60,000 range for your wife and you'd like to get her into a Macan, which I agree with. That's great. Mm-hmm. She prefers elegant options like the Audi Q5. The Macan is very similar. So I... I I get it. But he said his wife and daughters are very style conscious. He I says they're yeah. fashionistas who love style. Yep. All I can think about is an Acura MDX Type S for your wife. I think she would love It's that. funny. That's on my list, too. Is it really? Absolutely. But the problem like, is a great one. it's 10 or more $1,000 over your budget. I don't know that he, they need the S. For this scenario, I don't know. That, the S is awesome. The power and the, the S is awesome. But I think it. that the MDX, the normal one, or even the RDX, if you got to step down, but the normal one would actually be really good, too. I liked the engine better. I liked what it did for the I, dynamics I of the vehicle that. much better. Problem is you got to pay for it. So yep. I'm going to stand on my Type S I for see your it. wife. I see it. But I do appreciate her elegant options mm-hmm. with the Macan. Yes to the Macan. Even consider a Cayenne. For sixty grand, I, that, you're getting a great Cayenne. You're completely for walking 50, right down the line of what I thought. And that was 50, there's no reason why he can't get her a Macan or a Cayenne. A couple years to use, and that car's going to run for a long time. My wife and I today were talking about her Cayenne because we're oh, almost yeah? at 160,000 miles. No kidding. We put almost 100,000 miles on that car in our ownership, which is amazing. Well, that's cool. So at some point this year, we will probably move on. We're having that like beginning conversation. What's the budget? And what's the year? We're having those kind of. <laughs> How are we going to do this? Exactly <laughs> right. But. At, and, of course, she is still leaning Cayenne, even though I wanted to drive the MDX Type S because that wasn't out last time we were test driving. But oh, I still think it's likely we'll wind up in another Cayenne because my wife likes them. But 160,000 miles on that. It's been regular maintenance, which has been expensive, but it hasn't been surprises, which has been wonderful. Get a one- or two-year-old Cayenne or a one- or two-year-old Macan and just maintain it. Yeah. If she wants one, get one. All right, David, I'll back off the MDX Type S. We'll back down on price and still a great, very stylish vehicle, the Genesis GV70. Also on my list. Is it really? Yes. I love those things. Yes, they're great. Even a GV80, mm-hmm. brand new. The one yep. we drove a couple of years ago now was 66000 mm-hmm. The GV70 was sixty four. if I'm if memory serves. And that GV70 was everything. Loaded. You don't yes. have to get it quite as fully loaded, but I think those are so appealing mm-hmm. to the fashion sense. And that's that's what Hyundai has done so well. Kia, Genesis, Hyundai. Cars are a fashion item. That's why people want to change cars. Mm-hmm. You could theoretically keep putting parts on your car and driving it forever. You, True. You yeah, almost right. could. Yeah, There's some right. cars right. that parts are hard to find, Sobs. <laughs> weird. That's weird. I heard, heard something about the Saab brand. Car companies crazy. that have but, gone but, out know, of existence. But as we talk about this, though, you know, she likes the Macan. We've got sixty grand to spend. I think the GV70 is a better-looking, nicer-to-be-in, classier car than the Macan, and it's Macan-sized. Yeah. The main place the yeah. Macan is better is badge perception and dynamics, but your wife's not tracking this thing, and she's not a person that's hooning down back roads. But she you wants could in a the nice, GV70. But she wants a nice place to be. Yeah. And that was our big discussion when we had the GV70, we just thought this is almost as dynamically good than the Macan, and is... Less expensive and nicer, I think, in every other way. Found your 
last comment in here, David, where you said none of the ladies has done any drive homework, but one thing to know about them is they are all under five foot two inches tall Ooh. and riding with David in the BRZ makes them nauseous due to visibility. Hmm. Didn't okay. that happen to your son? Wasn't it uh, because he was just too short? He couldn't but see over before, the dash? Before he got tall enough to actually, the, the place that he had trouble was actually the Lotus. Because as he as he started to get tall enough, he, he was actually looking out because it's got a single wiper. He was looking out underneath the wiper oh. and he couldn't see very well. And it took a while for him to get, now he's plenty tall, but it took a while for him to get tall that. enough to yeah. feel like I can really tell what's going on. Even in a booster seat, he was just a little bit too short. Now he's fine. But that definitely is an issue. And my wife, the, the passenger seat of the Lotus, my wife is 5'6". Passenger seat of the Lotus does not raise and lower. Mm-hmm. And she's not that fond of being a passenger in the car, partially because she's not a great passenger when I'm driving fast. But <laughs> she, she'd rather be flying the airplane. Yes. Oh, my so wife, it's a control definitely. issue. Oh, it absolutely. It's not that she's control. afraid of flying. She'd it's, just rather it, be exactly. Flying the plane. I would like to be the one flying. Uh-huh. Yes, for sure. So yeah, she's not that fond of that side either because she can't see that well. I, I do get it. You've got to be beyond platinum status to be, you know, go in the cockpit and they actually <laughs> it, let you it drive. It is amazing that she actually flies as well as she does because <laughs> she is the kind of person she'd be like, you know what? I should be driving. <laughs> What's funny is I, she lets me drive. The, I say let's be. She lets me drive the Cayenne all the time. I'm the designated driver all the time in the Cayenne. Oh, really? But I'm also not hooning the Cayenne. It's when she gets into something that's a sports car, she's like, you know, I'd rather be driving. How funny. She doesn't have that trust factor for whatever reason. Well, this rabbit that they've had since new, that was a five-cylinder engine with 170 horsepower and a responsive nature. And he says it's ruined the girls to boring options, not okay. naming Subaru Outback names. Yes, but he did. They're, they're, anyway, moving on. Yeah. He kind of did. Mm-hmm. He says that it's showing its age, but it still runs and looks good. And then the CRV is reliable, but boring to a fault. Mm-hmm. Despite 50% of their cars being Volkswagens, they aren't fanboys, <laughs> fan people, fan, fan family. They, they just accidentally wound up with multiple VWs. Yeah. I like that you have twin daughters, and I like it when twins have the same things. I just think it's cool. You play it up You've because it's such the, a unique a double mint gum thing. commercial way too many times, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I just I, if you're a twin, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. okay, fraternal, I get it, but identical twins, you, you have the same things, you know, all your life, and you kind of dress the same. You know, I, I get it. I, yeah. I think it's kind of cool because it's such a unique thing. So. <laughs> Therefore, David, I don't think Mini Coopers are going to be any less reliable than that rabbit. I have that on my You and I are aligning are you kidding tonight. Me? I have the Mini Cooper. It's not the only thing, but I have the Mini Cooper on my list, too. It's one of the ones to consider. Yeah. You, uh, I'm scrolling back up for price and your budget. You said for the twins, fun if possible, but cheap, less than $30,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We're spending, I believe that means thirty grand each. That's how it's suggested in the email. I agree with you. Like he, like he's going to help him get two cars at thirty grand each is what it suggests, but I'm not sure. And I'm playing on the fact that your wife and daughters are fashionistas. Mm-hmm. Quoting you yep. in your email, yep. David. I think Mini Coopers are going to be fun and interesting, and they're in two different colors, but they're practically ident- identical, and mm. they're just they're fun, they're interesting, they're unique, like your twin daughters. I, I, this is very good. I do like this a lot. That's I, so crazy. You're thinking I, the same I, this, thing. It's not the only thing on my list. I have three things on my list for you, David, for your girls. And here's what I think you should do. I think you should go drive all three of these cars and then see if the girls want different ones. I mean, maybe they're going to decide that they both Two like, of the they same. both like Mini Coopers. But what if one of them goes, I like the Mazda 3 better because the current Mazda 3 is a great looking car. The current Mazda 3 is excellent. You get a couple-year-old one. I think the hatchback sure. is really attractive. Yeah, yeah. So get look at the current Mazda 3. The Mini Cooper is definitely on my list. But so is the current Honda Civic. 
Okay. Can we stretch for yeah. the SI mainly? But you know what? We've had the sport and the touring, and the car's just good. It's yeah, good looking. Agreed. It drives very well. Yeah, it's not flashy. It's a Honda Civic, but it, it's excellent to be in. That's the thing about it. It's a really nice car across the board. And I just think if you took your twin girls to drive the Mazda 3, the Mini Cooper, and the Honda Civic, now start a conversation. Who wants what? Who's intrigued by what? This is interesting. See, I'm thinking if you take your girls to the dealership with you, Mm -hmm. whether you're buying new or used, Mm -hmm. and they have two of the same, you can totally play on the salesperson's heartstrings by saying, look, we need two of the same. You got to give me a better deal because I'm buying two today, (laughs) two different colors. And that's going to work. They'll totally (laughs) come around and give Uh you a discount, maybe even a little bit more because then they'll see those cars around town and they'll know Uh that. Twin girls driving your cars. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really hoping for good stuff there. Let's hope so. I'm trying to save money. Anything we can do to, to get the price down, to, to get those cars. I, I love the Coopers. You've got great ideas. And if they do end up liking different things, great. Yeah, bring it. That's sure. totally great. Yep. But, okay, so your wife is getting the GV70, right? Is that what we settled on? I think ultimately? that is the car, personally. But 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 you know what? The RDX, MDX are good, and, and there isn't any reason why they can't be shopping Macans and Cayennes. But I think GV70 is the play. All right. Well, you let us know when you decide. Send us the family photo when For you sure. change and the garage. Can't you keep the BRZ in this scenario, David? I don't know. Maybe you have to sell it. I think if you have to sell it, the ones you've settled on, the MR2 Spider, the NC Miata, are both great and affordable, and you would like them. I do think you should look at our cars under 8,000 and drive everything on the list and see what resonates with you because you might prefer the Boxster. Yeah, yeah. You might be able to, depending on your budget, you might be able to get a very early ND Miata, which I don't like that engine as much, but but uh, it is re- still a really good car. The Z4 might surprise you. I mean, what what are you needing your car to do? It's an autocross car, so I kind of suspect that's why the Spider and the NC Miata are the leaders. But can you keep the BRZ? You clearly like it. You've barely had it. But I appreciate the fact that you're willing to let it go. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the future where car prices, new and used, come back down to match the car comparison costs that mm-hmm. match our videos. So if we can get back within the range and there's not such a disparity anymore. I think that's coming. For great audience questions, I'm going to go right here because it relates to the conversation we just had about the Honda Civic. Seth Kleinman on Facebook said, is the new Civic SI, the 2021 Plus that we love, really that much better than the previous gen Civic Uh SI? Uh, Seth, yes. Not a revolution, but yes. The, The styling is better. The space is better. The interior is better. Now, again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying like the last one was terrible. Last one was good. If you bought a last-gen Civic Si, you would enjoy that car. The main thing I would say that is better from a driver's perspective is I prefer the gauge cluster and the infotainment in the new car, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I prefer the clutch and the fact that it has less rev hang. Yeah, absolutely. Everything else you could have a debate about, well, I think the styling's fine and I've got enough space. All of that could be debated. The cars both drive very well. They have good six speeds, but that rev hang was frustrating in the last Si, and I do prefer the gauge cluster. On Instagram, ShadowBlue1 says, with potential dealer shenanigans and test drive letdowns, <laughs> how far is too far to drive for a brand new daily driver purchase? Well, you said daily and brand new. That also indicates you probably have decided upon the car you want. And if you come to an understanding with the dealer, I don't think 250 to 400 miles is out of the question. Because I, I, I am this crazy guy and we've both done it nationwide. If, if you can find a car anywhere in the nation yeah, that is the version yeah. you want, the price you want, buy it across the country. 
at that point, you've got an opportunity to make your own road trip. You don't have to take yes. interstates all the way back. True. Even in winter. Well, maybe not in winter, but still, you've got this opportunity to to create something fun and stop at places and see friends you haven't seen in a long time. There's all of that. And, you know, if, if none of that works, you can always have a car shipped because if you really are getting an MSRP or a savings or a good dealer experience, you get the car shipped to you. Yeah, it's a couple thousand dollars on the high side, but then you don't have to take the road trip though we both say take the road trip. Take the road trip. But, but yeah. it, it, there's the reality of the fact that you may have a dealer experience you prefer. I remember I met a guy at Cars and Coffee here who was trying to buy a Raptor when nobody was selling Raptors in MSRP. And he'd moved here from, I think it was Michigan. Okay. okay? And he had a dealer friend in Michigan. He'd bought multiple Fords from that dealer. Mm. That dealer was willing to give him an MSRP Raptor. He had to wait like six months or a year. But he, but, okay. But he was like, done. And he lived here. And he was like, when I buy it, I'll sit, we'll do the paperwork. You'll ship it to me. I mean, he could have gone local That's and tried true. to get yeah. one. But be, if you can get the deal, I think nationwide is on the table. Yeah, I, I think the point is don't be beholden to your local dealers. They think that you're beholden because they're right here. They have it. You want it. And we can use the internet. We can find what's out there. True. I will say, look, I'm going to say something that's going to seem weird. But, but because I have so many times raged against dealer markups, but I'm going to say the only time I've heard about a dealer markup I agreed with, let me rephrase, I wasn't completely turned off by. <laughs> I didn't agree with it, Slightly but I wasn't completely tolerated. turned off by. Is I have heard of dealers who were charging markup for out-of-state buyers because yeah, they are right. losing the business of service and ever seeing you again by putting that car on a truck and shipping it out-of-state. Now, while I don't like markup at all, I could at least see the long-term business relationship thinking for if you're a local and you can show us a local address and you live in the state, we'll give it to you for MSRP. If you're coming from wherever, we're going to charge sure. you an upcharge. If they're giving it to you for MSRP. If they're going to Agreed. do that, then you know what? They've earned your business. They're looking for okay. local business. Sure. A lot of them aren't. But sure. I actually ran into a dealer that had that discussion. They were like, because you guys are local, MSRP is, a, is an option. And I was True. Like, okay. True. All right. I don't love that you're marking up at all, but at least you're, tr you're, going, you're serving your local community so I can kind of see how you got there. On Facebook, Dustin M. says that he was driving by his local Paul H. Schmucker Middle School. <laughs> okay. Uh, no relation to my knowledge. He thought it kind of looked like a big box store, <laughs> which made him wonder if I had a store, what would be the items of choice inside for sale? Well, it'd be a really, really nice furniture store. Really awesome, cool looking, well designed it would be. furniture. It'd be, it'd be cool furniture. And I will say right now that I would be considered riff raff and would be allowed in the door. And I would not be able to afford anything in the store. But I will tell you also that the furniture would be phenomenal. It'd be, it'd be awesome really furniture. good. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be what I'd do. Peter, are you there? Says, what aspect of a car is often fussed over by others and doesn't matter to you at all? He said, for all the talk, he's talking personally, for all the talk of premium materials and car interiors, he could care less. So what is the one for us that is a big deal to others and we don't care? And I have one, Peter. It's doors. They don't need to open in a special way. I don't need to see them fly up. They don't have to be gall wing or have a special handle or none of that. And I don't care about how they sound when they close. I would like an opening to climb into the vehicle and that opening to close behind me so that I can drive said vehicle. It doesn't have to ping or, or clunk or it doesn't. I don't care about doors. To the point, <laughs> to the point where if you're in a premium vehicle, something yes. costing well more than 50 grand. We'll say maybe touching a hundred. Mm -hmm. And if the door close, if it doesn't match what the vehicle personality or character or marketing or the 
overall character mm -hmm. of the car mm -hmm. says in the marketplace, if it doesn't match, is that still okay? Ultimately, yes, if I like the car. Really? I'll give you an example. The Lotus has possibly one of the cheapest, worst-sounding door closes in history. Well, sure, but they're it's, a boutique car it's company. It's really terrible. When you bought the car, it wasn't a $70,000 car, which apparently they are now. Yeah, but, Is that but, true? but, but knew they were 65. Sure. And they were a bespoke, we made you an amazing sports car. And, and, here's, the, and here's, the, here's the thing about it. I can recognize the fact that's not a good door slam. We've had products where we're like, really? And sure. we make fun of it. I just, it, if I wanted the car, wouldn't stop me for a second. This discussion has made me think about what matters to people in some of our test drive reviews, Peter. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about vents for rear seat passengers or specific features in the rear seat or something that might not matter to Todd and I, but yet somebody watching the review they're waiting for us to acknowledge the feature that... <laughs> they just hope we talk about that. The example is stereos. Oh, yeah. Because audio is not something... Fine audio is not something you can translate in a YouTube video. I can tell you <laughs> this sounds really good. You're right. But something that sounds good to somebody won't to somebody else. Well, but we all have different standards for what sounds good. Well, but I'll put it to you this way. If we... Let's just say we recorded... the, We had a way to record the inside of a car at studio quality. What we recorded was perfect quality of exactly replicating what's happening in the car. By the way, there isn't a way for us to do that. But let's say we could, okay? <laughs> Not possible, but let's just say. By the time we edit it, compress it for YouTube, and you watch it off of whatever stream you've got, the level of compression and killing of that audio quality, it is useless to have any demonstrations of a car stereo. And us saying, this sounds really good, goes right back to your point, which is, Based on what? Who, right. who am I? What if I? What if I'm not as much of an audiophile as you are? What if you need to hear something that I, I can't even hear in my current register? Your ears are awesome. Well, sure, but then the reference material, what album are you listening to? Yeah, is you can't use that. One of the classics? Is it something that is obscure? Is it EDM? What, what are you listening to? The bit rate on, on, the, on that file is way too low for you to be using as a sure. test piece. Of I can hear them all now. So yeah. how do we translate that? Now, for navigation and screens, if it's something completely different, but you understand that most car companies realize the iPhone is pretty much a global standard, uh -huh. pr pretty much, big generalization. However, the way things pinch and tap and swipe mm -hmm. are pretty much universal. Every car company has to invent an interface that will be picked up easily by anybody. It can't be the barrier. Oh, sorry. sorry, what? Well... <laughs> It looked great in the PowerPoint, it looked as great. you said. It looked great in the conference room. I have no doubt in my mind. But they, I, I don't feel like they used it while driving. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I don't feel like they tried to dig into something, the recirculation button, the HVAC recirc. You're behind a diesel truck and you're getting choked out. Yeah. Quick, recycle the air. I don't think they did it in a, a real-world environment. I, but if it is a turnoff, that affects sales dramatically, mm -hmm. despite the fact that ID4s are selling like crazy. Well, but, but Volkswagen has said publicly that they are revising that system because of all the complaints. Yes. But back to your the point. journalist complaints. I bet you. I bet you money there was somebody downstream. I bet you there's a memo we will never see in the, in the, the vaults of Volkswagen. There was okay. somebody downstream in car testing that was like, this system isn't good enough while driving. And they were told, probably not that nicely, that is not your job, and this is decided. 
and then it went out to the public. Possibly. And that person is beating their head against a wall going, I was telling you that this is not good enough in the car when you're driving. It's fine otherwise. When you're driving, it's not good enough. And now Volkswagen is walking it back. I don't know how they're going to change it, but they're talking about the fact they're going to change it. It's, it's amazing when that happens. But yet, to my utter wrongness, <laughs> they are selling ID4s. The best sales quarter ever just happened for ID4s. They're selling like crazy. They're, so clearly, mm. that's not the reason why people are buying them. True. And they're accepting it, getting used to it. People bought Lexi for years despite the terrible interface. The terrible It has interface. been upgraded yes. and it is dramatically better and it's now pretty good. Yeah. I wouldn't go f- so far as to say excellent. It's really, really good, but it's on par with some of the best in the industry. They've gone from, honestly, they've gone from the worst in the industry till middle of the pack, which is a big move. But yet- Millions of people have bought Lexus products. So because we are adaptable well, creatures. That. Yeah. And so yeah. you buy the car for other reasons and you assume you will adapt. And that's the thing that we've gotten critique on sometimes when we say something is difficult to use. People that own it are always like, I'm fine with it. Yeah, because you own it and you got used to it. But there should be that, especially with tech. We're off on a tangent here. But especially with tech, there should be that easy to grasp thing that manufacturers have really struggled with. It's interesting how it plays out. But back to your question, Peter, to try to put a bow on everything. Oh, sure, that why not? Is, if we don't cover that particular thing because... I hate the old Lexus interface. I don't like it. I'm not going to cover it. I'm not going to dive deep into yeah. it because I'll only get frustrated and then I'll <laughs> cut that section out because of all the cursing and or what. <laughs> Didn't you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So if we don't cover that particular feature, then the review is no good. It is funny how that happened. When it's a standout, I think we make a point of covering it. Yes. But we if try. it's something that did not register us and it's not part of the buying experience, something we think might be, Clearly didn't matter to ID4 buyers. Interesting point. Eddie Murphy on Facebook says, not the Eddie Murphy I'm thinking of, but anyway, Eddie Murphy on Facebook says, when filming stuff for the channel or for any of our films, what is a good rule of thumb for B-roll? So he's apparently shooting his own thing. He's saying, how much filming is used specifically for B-roll? How much do you need to have? Eddie, I'm going to answer this two different ways. First off, I'm going to answer it as an editor. And as an editor, I will tell you the following, and it's going to horrify you. As an editor, the person that is sitting there trying to put the piece together, there is no such thing as too much B-roll. Not possible. The only reason you even get close to too much B-roll is because it takes so long to go through it all. That's a little frustrating. But what's great about it is, and this is where it relates back to how much you need to shoot, if you have, quote-unquote, too much B-roll, you can definitely find a shot of exactly what you need to show. And that's the way to think about your B-roll. What is your A-roll? What is the commentary that is happening in whatever your video is? And then what's being talked about? Because when it's being talked about, you really ought to have a shot of it. So did you shoot B-roll to cover all the things that are discussed so that you can show to the audience the thing that's being discussed? And if you didn't, you really should have had that shot. And that is something that you learn over time. You start to kind of mentally catalog all the things that need to be shot for B-roll, and you start to develop a pattern. We had lists for a while. We have a lot of things that we do. But you have to have the B-roll to cover the things, not just the cuts in your A-roll, but the thing that got discussed, you really need to show. Well, you've brought up the point many times, and that is if we don't speak to a particular aspect of driving or the car itself while we're on camera in the interview, you can't show it because you didn't record it. You didn't say it in the in the piece. So it's not there to be able to show, even though many times later you and I watch a piece and we watch a rough cut and we think, 
I know exactly what to say there. Yeah. I didn't say that thing. Yeah. You can't, the comment, if you didn't do it on, on the, the day, the comment isn't in there. But there is the, one of the things that's interesting about video, though, and I can almost tell in the YouTube comments if somebody is listening to our videos and not watching. Because one of my favorite things about the visual medium is I can show you something that wasn't discussed. True. Which is great. I, True. If I want to show you a feature that the car does and neither one of us said it, I can actually just show it to you. Now, you need to be watching, mm-hmm. but if there was some great observation that one of us should have made and didn't, that observation will not make it in the piece because nobody bothered to say it. <laughs> I can show right. you the cool thing, but our observation of it isn't there unless we said it. But there, there's, a, there's a push and pull here. I mean, there's voiceover later, but we don't re- rely on VO very much. We really try to do the stream of consciousness so it actually is visceral to the moment, which is one of the reasons we don't do voiceover. There's others, but that's one of the main ones. Nick L. commented on Instagram, how can you accurately predict your tolerance for pain? <laughs> is this the wrong hmm? podcast what's going on oh project cars ah oh pro- oh oh I see. oh pro- now, now i understand the level of pain we're discussing i thought it was just a universal question like pain Got it. yeah if you've never owned one how can you know ahead of time if it's something that will work or alternatively how can you set yourself up for success beforehand don't buy a 928 <laughs> <laughs> sorry can i go there uh yeah it's painful Let's apply this to anything in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's take Project Car out, and I want to set myself successfully for good stock picks. Mm-hmm. How do I ease the pain? How do I'd I... like to be a good golfer. Yeah. You, we can plug anything in here, yeah. Project Car specifically, pretty much across the board. There's always the, well, I thought it would be easy because yes. I thought this wasn't going to take very much time, and this wasn't going to cost money. This wasn't supposed to be this long, and... When we unbolted the thing, blank fell out. <laughs> or <laughs> you, you, It's actually dawning on me as we're having this conversation. I have never, I'm sure there's somebody out there that would say this is true, but I have never had the following sentence said to me about a project car. Oh, it went much easier than I expected. Never heard anybody you say that. You don't hear that very Never often. heard anybody be like, yeah, it was cheaper and much easier than I expected. Nick, it's because of passion. It's mm. because once you're in there, you think, huh, that part hasn't been changed in about 30 years. Maybe while I'm in here, I should probably address that. Yeah, yeah. And so you get scope creep. <laughs> yes, and, you and do. And then you decide, you know, this color's okay, but this could use a paint job too. Once it, once I'm done, it's all really buttoned back up and mechanically sorted. Maybe I should paint it too to make you know that final special touch. Ah, more time, more money. But the passion mm-hmm. that is there is satisfying. I'm still really glad I have that 928. I know Weirdly, you are. I know you are. And I shouldn't. I, but but here, but let me say this real quick. I, I think there's another thing at play here, and that is you as a as an individual are going to have to figure out, you who are asking this question, you have to figure out how much do you want to drive that car? Because some people, and I've met these people, and I bless them because I am not this person. Some people just want to have it to work on. True. The driving is almost secondary. Yeah. I want to have it to work on, to play with it. If it takes me 10 years, that's fine. I just want that project. That's not who I am, so I'm not doing that. So do you want to drive it? So it's like, I'm going to buy a project car and I want to, want to drive it by summer. You're buying a very different project car than the guy that wants to work on it for the next few years. So there's True. that reality of pain. And then I'm going to say this to you. This is not hard and fast rule, but just I think it's a safety rule. And that is, what is your budget for project car part of it after buying said project car? Now... That's you said. This is as much as I can spend. Now double it. How mm-hmm. much does that hurt? 
Mm-hmm. And, and if you're like, no, 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 because I really want one of those. And if it was double what I think I can spend, you know what? I am I still want one bad, badly enough. If it double, you're like, oh, no, then that's not for you. But, but, there's, but again, I know plenty of people who the project is the point. What's strange is there's people who have a car that runs and can be driven, and it's fairly new, and it might still be under warranty. And people want to add parts to it to do... Still undefined. To do, to do what? <laughs> what are we going to go do? Have you not seen the quotes, Paul? Because it's going to be, quote, better. We've <laughs> I don't know how it's going to be better, but know. the what internet told means. me if I buy this, it will be better. So the biggest thing you can do is start way out there, the thing that I didn't do. <laughs> Sorry. But I knew I wanted a 928 back in my life because yeah. I thought they were cool and I wanted to drive it. But if you decide, I want to ultimately take this on road trips and that's why i love what you and i have done is drive and put serious hard miles on these cars we beat on these cars they have taken yes. abuse you have you've actually touched on another thing i think if you here uh, this is theoretical but i think if you paul had not had those road trips in that car you would not look back on the money spent happily i a hundred percent agree because that's the payoff. Yes. The yes. satisfaction of doing all that work and putting all that money in. Now it took me, yes, you and I around the country on probably close to 10,000. I'm my rough estimate is maybe right around 10,000 miles. We've done at least 10 grand. Yes. By the time it's all said and done. That's yes. amazing. Okay. So Nick, if you can figure out what you're going to do with the car, and then that will determine at what level the car you buy, like Todd said, is it Almost there, and it just needs an oil change. <laughs> <laughs> That's the car I You'll buy, by the way, more. just so you know. Because if you get the project car, you're right. People just want to work on it. Even a brand new car that is being tuned and suspension and wheels yeah, and brakes yeah. and tires and all that stuff is added to it. People haven't defined what they're going to go do with the car. Sometimes I suppose yeah. you're going to just keep driving it, and mainly it's cosmetic. But other than that, you, the car without spending money on it could have done the same thing. Mm. So... What's the pleasure that you expect to get out of that car? And I love that's what turned in our series turned into yeah, yeah. for this car. But ultimately, I knew I just wanted to drive it. Mm-hmm. I just I liked it, and that also affected the paint because it was far from perfect. But I thought if I correct this, if I have it resprayed mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. I'm not going to drive it, and I'm going to sweat every rock chip. Sure, I'm going to sweat being behind a, a dump truck or a gravel yeah, truck yeah, yeah. or some bad road, and it freed me up. To just be able to go drive. That's good stuff. Thank you guys for all your questions. Write to us, Everyday Driver TV, for all your Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and most of all your car debates. We love hearing from you, even if you're just thinking about Todd and Paul, and they would like blank, you know. Yeah, and I should share we, this. We get a lot of those. They're really cool emails. It's, it's great. It's great to hear from you guys. And on Mondays and Thursdays, we post up on social media for questions. Those are just, you know, what's on your mind, just like uh, we were covering now. So write to us, and we're looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone. <laughs>